Have you ever, um, you ever been lost? Ever been lost? Hands up. We have our kids here with us this morning in the service. If, if mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or your aunt or your uncle or whoever it was that you came with here this morning isn't raising a hand, you can raise a hand for them. It's okay. It's a safe place. You can do that. Have you ever, have you ever felt lost? You know, you ever gotten lost? Some of you are saying, yeah, actually, I don't know how I ended up here this morning. I just got a, two wrong turns and all of a sudden somebody met me at the door and I got a free coffee. But I, I, uh, I, uh, I am not very... I'm not very good with directions. I'm pretty good at taking them. Um, you know, I, 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 in fact, I kind of, I like that. But I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm usually the one, if I've just, I'm looking in the direction of my wife just for affirmation. Uh, I'm usually the one, if we get lost, that's likely the reason why we're lost. And it just feels good, it just feels good to say that. This morning, I just feel better just kind of getting, getting that off my chest. But, uh, but now we, 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 have less, we have less reason to be lost because we have, uh, we have GPS, right? Thank you, Jesus. You know, saving marriages and, and people's sanity for many years to come. But we have, we have apps and we have things and we devices and uh, even sometimes, you know, built into, a, built into the very, you know, car perhaps that you drive these we don't really have reason to to get off course we don't really have a reason to to go astray uh, in, in fact we have uh, the ability now to just type in our destination and uh and we'll be routed exactly uh you know to, to that place that we would desire to go in fact some some of these devices and apps and, and things you know they're, they're so smart that they actually calculate for you the the quickest way to get there you know, and so if, if there's traffic, if there's anything like that, you know, uh, they'll, they'll just, you know, crunch the numbers and I don't know how it works. Like satellites start linking up and, you know, and I don't know how, and then all of a sudden your car just kind of knows where to go. But, you know, if, if, if you or I aren't actually, well, if we, if we aren't engaged in that process, I mean, if we just leave it in park, we'll never actually move. So we actually have to, I mean, unless you've got one of those, like, really fancy cars, you know, like, but if it's even in park, then we're, we're really not going to get from, from here to, to there. We're not going to get from the place that we are to the place that we know that we're, we're, we're destined to go. So we have to engage in the process that you and I have a part to play, that we, we you know, we get behind the wheel or we, you know, we, 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 we shift gears and we begin to create some measure of momentum to get this thing moving, moving forward in the direction that's been determined. We need to understand that uh, we are so thankful that, that God is here, that he is present and that he is with us. That we don't serve a savior that is far off and distant. That we, we, don't, we don't serve a God that is un, unreachable or uh, you know, too, too busy to be mindful of us. But as, as is often sung about in this season, we serve uh, a God, we serve a, 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 a savior that is, that is known as Emmanuel. Which is a, a fancy word that just personifies God as being here and, and with us. And, and one of the beautiful factors, one of the beautiful things that distinguishes the God that you and I serve from the many other gods that others perhaps would find their faith in is that the God that we serve uh, walks with us. That he goes before us. That he, that he leads us and that he guides us in the direction that he's determined for us to follow. 
And I've come to learn over the course of my life that, um, well, God, you know, he might, he might tell you the destination, but he doesn't always give you the details. Anybody ever kind of, that sometimes God will, you know, reveal the destination, the plan or the, the purpose. He'll, he'll, he'll tell you where he would like you to go, but he doesn't always give you the turn-by-turn instructions on how to get there. Sometimes, just because of my own insecurities, I will actually plug in my home address from the church to my house just because I enjoy the affirmation. But I don't know about you, but for me, my heart skips a beat when that subtle voice declares inside of my vehicle, recalculating. You ever hear that? Immediately, anxiety, nerves, just, you know, thoughts of fear and you just kind of take recalculating. What did I, I've done something wrong. I've missed, I've missed a step. I've missed a turn. And I think sometimes we have the tendency to kind of look at God the exact same way. We look at, we look at our, we put pressure on ourselves to accomplish our purpose and the will of the Father and, you know, whatever it is that God has determined. i got to make sure that, and I don't think that's the God that we serve. That throughout our lives, we're going to make wrong turns and we might make mistakes and there could be a chance that we go off course. But I'm so thankful for a God that walks with us, that gently recalculates the road and he continues to show us the path towards how it is to get to that place that he's determined for us to go. Sometimes people will give you directions. And they'll say, just head west. You can't miss it. (laughs) Just head west. You can't miss it. I need you to know that I am gifted in missing things that can't be missed. One of my strengths, one of the things that I bring to the table is the ability to miss out on the obvious. Those things that you would say can't be missed, there is a chance that I could miss those things. Just go west, you can't miss it. I want you to know there is a chance that we could miss it. But as we look at our story here together this morning, I want to find hope. I, I, want, to find, I want to find some measure of, of understanding and of, and of well, faith that would be built within us to, to recognize that as we choose to continue to do this life with the Spirit's help, as we continue to look towards God to lead us and to guide us, inevitably... We will get to that place that he has previously determined for us. If you have your Bible, we're looking at uh, Colossians first, chapter 1. And then we're making our way over to Matthew, chapter 2. This is what we read in Colossians, chapter 1, verse 16. For everything. Can you say everything? Okay, can everybody say everything? For everything. Very good. For everything. Absolutely everything. Above and below. Visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence, and he holds it all together right up until this moment. In Genesis, in the very beginning, as is referenced in this portion that we just read, in the very beginning, before the earth even existed, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, that the earth was empty it was dark, it was, it was formless, there, there was nothing, but God was there. And God began to create things. God began to bring order 
to a place where nothing, even up to that point, had ever existed. Before anything was, God was there. Before anything was, God was there. And we're told in this portion of scripture that everything, every single thing, above and below, rank after rank after rank of angels, you and I, absolutely everyone and everything is held together by that same God. That he has a plan, that he has a desire, that he has a destination that he would hope for you to get to. But he doesn't just leave you to fend for yourself. He doesn't just point you in the direction and say, hey, you can't miss it. But Emmanuel, here with us, is willing to guide us and direct us. He doesn't always give us all the details. And I think if he gave us all the details, there's a chance that perhaps we would forego the journey. But because he doesn't give us all the details, but does promise not to leave us, and does promise never to forsake us, well then we choose to do this journey. This journey towards everything that Jesus has for us. Matthew chapter 2. Are you there? Matthew chapter 2. There's a few key characters in this story. Uh, you perhaps are familiar with the wise men. Uh, we have a nativity scene in our house, and uh, one of the wise men, I think it was Frank, uh, the one that brought the frankincense, his head popped off last night in the move. And so if you just pray for Frank. Uh, but, you know, you're familiar with the wise men, okay? And uh, we, we kind of, when we read this story, we look at them as kind of, you know, kingly, almost, almost, almost sort of priestly sort of people. But, but these wise men uh, that traveled from afar, they're, they're actually... They're magi, depending on your translation, it might actually say that they're magi, that these are, they were actually astrologers, that these guys were, were wise, uh, you know, uh, when it came to, you know, um, uh, their people and amongst, amongst other, other Gentiles, they were, they were elevated amongst those people and they were astrologers. They would watch the stars and, and, and study the skies and, and uh, that's, that's who the, the wise men actually are. There's also this guy in our story named Herod and, and Herod is the present king over Israel. And, and so, uh, you know, you'll notice that, uh, that he's not too fond of this whole idea of a, of a new king be, being born. But there's a number of different things that we can draw from this story that I think could enable you and I, by looking at them a little more deeply than perhaps we would have the tendency at times to do, if we would take this story maybe off of our coffee table or off of our tree and maybe just, you know, impart this into our hearts this morning, perhaps we could look at everything a little differently, and together do our part to get that much closer to the destination that God has for us. Matthew chapter 2 says, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judah, or in Judea, during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their question, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. Where did the prophets say the Messiah would be born? He asked them, in Bethlehem, they said, for this was what the prophet wrote. In Bethlehem of Judah, you are now just a lowly village in Judah. For your ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod sent a private message to the wise men, asking them to come see him. At this meeting, he learned the exact time when they first saw the star. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. 
After this interview, the wise men went on their way. Once again, the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Down before them, uh, they were filled uh, with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother were, Mary. And they fell down before him and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way. Because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Quite the story. A group of people, wise men, from the Middle East. That recognize a sign, a symbol, hanging in the heavens. A sign and a symbol that had been talked about. We read about it in the book of Numbers and there's a number of different prophecies and different pieces throughout the Old Testament that would speak to this phenomenon, that would speak to that which seemed to catch the gaze that, 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 that filled the lens of these uh, astrologers' telescopes so many years ago. That all of a sudden, something managed to grab this group of magi's attention. In seeing that, it moved them, much like the shepherds that we talked about last week. In seeing that, it moved them from the place that they were to a place that they felt destined to go. But along the way, they come up against opposition. Along the way, they come up against an insecure king named Herod. Who at the very thought of another king, the promised king, the Messiah king, coming and taking over his throne... Moves him to a fit of rage. He begins to conspire on the side and thinking of the ways that he could keep this sun from growing to full potential and extinguishing that star that was now hanging before him. Nonetheless, this group of wise men make their way towards that place that they felt destined. And in doing so, they encounter... All that heaven had for them. A guide. A direction. Moments of recalculation. But nevertheless, eventually, finding themselves to the place that they'd been purposed to occupy. Finding themselves to the place that from the very beginning had been God's intention. Listen, if you and I are going to make it from here to there... If you and I are going to make it from where we are now to where it is that we know that God has for us next. And I want you to know that if you're here, regardless to how old you are or how old you aren't, there is a next step for you. I'll just repeat that. Regardless right now to how old you are or how old you aren't, that there is a next step that God would have for you. That on this side of heaven we have no reason to settle. That on this side of heaven, we have no reason to sit back. That there is more that God has for you. There are more miles to be taken. There are more trips that are ahead. And if you and I are going to make it from the place that we are to the place that he has next. If we're going to make it from here to there, there's a few things that we can draw from our story. The first is this. If we're going to make it from here to there, we need to be looking. If we're going to make it from here to there, we need to be looking. I love that these astrologers, I love that these three wise men, I love that Frank and his two friends decided that they were going to be watching. That 
in Luke, when we read the story of the invitation of the shepherds to the same place, to the same destination, all of heaven is opened up. That angels are singing and a choir has established itself. And, and the shepherds, well, following that sign, decide that they're going to remove themselves from the place that they've settled to the place that God had promised. But here you have a group of wise men. Here you have a group of people that uh, are esteemed, perhaps, amongst their friends. A group of astrologists that are readily looking. I want you to know that a sign of wisdom, perhaps in your relationship with Jesus, a sign of maturity, wouldn't be that you allow your eyesight to grow dim, as we read of in the Old Testament, but that your eyes are open, looking to the heavens, expecting for the extraordinary to soon be hung before you. That this group of people were looking. And what's so special about this group of people is that they weren't even Israelites. This was a group of Gentiles. This was a group of people that really, well, it's kind of surprising that they would be invited to such an auspicious event. To such a special thing, to such a, you know, a very exclusive sort of party. So we would think it's shocking that... Well, Jesus really is over everything, and he is indeed for everyone. That Jesus is not just for the Jew, but he's also for the Gentile. That Jesus isn't just for you, but he's also for me. And he's also for your neighbor that drives you nuts. And for the people that live above you that you're convinced are just dribbling a basketball like 24-7, Jesus loves them too. Jesus is over everything. A star hanging in the heavens. A sign. Not just for his people, but for anybody that would be looking. This is for Jew and for Gentile. This is for you, and it's also for me. To help you understand what a Gentile is, was basically in this day and it basically like a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, okay? <laughs> Does that help? You understand? Okay. Now that I've offended five people. <laughs> <laughs> but this is for everyone. Leafs fans included. This is for everyone. But we need to be looking. We need to be looking. I wonder who it was that saw it first. I think it was Frank. But I wonder who it was that saw it first. This is how I work a telescope. I don't know if this is how a telescope works or not. I know that I'm not looking at the heavens, but I'm assuming that this is kind of... And he said, what on earth is that? I don't know what the name of the other wise men are. Let's go with uh, Myrrh. <laughs> Original. Let's go with Mark and Gord, okay? Myrrh and Gold, okay. So Frank, Frank, Gord, and uh, what's your name? I forgot your name. Mark. <laughs> Come on, you got to see this. That you and I, choosing to look, will not only enable us to get from here to there, but it will also enable those around us that we bring with us to get from here to there as well. That we too would say, hey, come Come and see what this is. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus over everything, for everyone. Mark, Gord, 
My next door neighbor, you that live above us, come and see. If we're going to get from here to there, friends, in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in our congregational lives, as a family, if we're going to get from here to there, we need to be looking. We need to be looking up with expectation that the things that were previously promised that were penned in numbers so many years ago are indeed going to come to pass. That those prophecies and promises, he's recalculating and establishing a route for you and I to take so that we can see those things that we've been destined to experience. If we're going to get from here to there, well, we need to make sure that we're looking. I love the way that verse 2 finishes. It says this, verse 2, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it arose. And we have come as Gentiles. And we have come as astrologers. Just so you know, throughout the Old Testament, um, a lot of the writings throughout the Old Testament don't deal well with astrology. Okay? Speaks, you know, th there's a number of things, like even in Jeremiah, and just looking at some of the stuff in preparation for today, like astrologists aren't talked about too kindly. But I just think it just speaks to the desire of God's heart, to the desire for, believe that, hey, restoration of all things, not to be rejected, but the restoration of all things that God would choose to reveal his answer for all of the earth's problems. That is, the invitation for all of humanity, he'd decide to hang in a place that others had been discouraged from investigating too deeply. I love again that God comes and he meets us where we're at. That God can speak to you in your workplace. That God can speak to you in your school. That God can speak to you through the, all the stresses and, and, and pressures of final exams. And, you know, and should I put a ring on it or not? And all these other things that are going on. And all, the, all this, that God meets us where we're at. And that this group of wise men, these magi from the Middle East, these Gentiles, these Leaf fans recognize this as being what it is, and in verse 2 it says, we need to go and we need to worship him. That immediately following the sign, after realizing what it was that they were looking at, they go, we need, we need to go and worship him. We need to go and pay some measure of homage. If we're going to get from here to there, we need to be looking. If we're going to get from here to there, we also need to keep living. Hear me. We need to be looking, but we also need to keep living. That there is great reason for you and I to believe that regardless to the scene that you have set at some place right now in your living room or on your fireplace mantle, that the magi, that the wise men didn't actually make it to the manger, but it perhaps took them two years to get from where they were to where it was that they were going. That we're told that they eventually get to this home and they knock on the door and there they see Jesus with Mary. No sign of any shepherds, no cattle lowing, no anything else. For all we know now, Jesus is in the midst of his terrible twos. I wonder what the terrible twos looked like for the Savior of the world. For all we know, the kings, the magi, these astrologers, they knock on the door and Jesus answers. 
That'd be kind of neat. Two years old, fluent, Aramaic, you know, just incredible speaking. Two years of age, roughly. And I need you to hear me when I share that portion of the story. And you can explain it to your kids, you know, later this afternoon. But when I share that portion of the story, it's for this purpose. That it doesn't always necessarily happen when we thought it was going to happen. It doesn't always happen right away. We don't always magically get from here to there the moment that we look to heaven. That it could take a while. It might take some time. And along the way, we could actually come up against opposition. In fact, it's amidst that journey that they come up against King Herod. They come up against the one who was presently ruling over God's people. And he immediately is troubled, as is all of Jerusalem, by what it is that they hear. He's immediately concerned about what it is that's taking place. And perhaps if his days on the throne are now numbered by way of this king that's on his way from heaven. That he begins to strategize and he meets privately with these magi. He meets privately with these, with these wise men from the east and, and he gets a timeline of just when it was that they saw the star. How long have you been traveling for? You know, where did you, where did you stay? You know, how have you, you know, what's, you know, it gets, gets all the details. And, and so we have reason to believe that that's why this census is passed. That that's the reason why he said, okay, all the, all the, you know, the children of this age, we're going to make sure we make way with it. And we're going to do everything. He's doing everything that he possibly can now in amidst this story. He's doing everything he can to secure his, his place upon the throne. And he actually sends these wise men. He sends, he sends these magi. He sends Frank and Mark and Gordon. And he sends them on their way. And he says, hey, I want you now to go to Bethlehem and to, and to bring me back a report as to what it is that you see. I want you to know that if we're going to get from here to there, friends, we need to be looking. But if we're going to get from here to there, we can't just leave it in park. We need to continue living. That it might take a while, it might take a week, it might take a year. It could perhaps take a lifetime for you to continue to follow. That you could recalculation after recalculation after recalculation. It might take a while for you to get from here to there. You could come up against opposition. You could find yourself bottlenecked. You could all of a sudden find yourself amidst traffic. You could all of a sudden find yourself amidst things that were unplanned for. You could come against somebody. You could come against someone, an individual, maybe even somebody that's a part of your family that begins to try to hinder and try to conspire and try to do everything they can to keep you from what it is that God has determined for you. But I love in this story how even in this moment where they encounter evil, even in this moment where this group of new, you know, Gentiles come up against King Herod and his selfish plan that the king tells them to go to Bethlehem. I need you to know that when you come up against some of these things in your life, as you continue not just looking but living, there is a chance that these very things that you define as being negative or being a hindrance or being an obstacle to you and to your future could actually propel you forward if you're not careful. That the very one that they encountered that tried to conspire, that tried to plan, that tried to formulate, that tried, he's actually used in this story to push the Magi forward to the place that they needed to be. Guys, friends, if we're, for me, for my own self, for my own life, if we're going to get from here and we're going to get to there, we need to keep looking with expectation. We need to keep looking. 
believing for the extraordinary. We need to keep looking. Looking not just to the people around us, but looking upwards. Believing for divine and inspired direction. If you're, if you're going to get from here to there, was well, not time just to sit in park. I mean, don't even just put it in a neutral because if you're on a hill, I mean, you could end up going if you're not careful. And so, from experience, but don't just, but decide that you're going to keep going. I believe that's just for somebody here this morning. I don't know who you are, but I just need to encourage somebody to keep going, keep living. If you're going to get from here to there, you got to keep looking and you got to keep living. That even though you might come up against things, even though you might come up against things, those things could be used to propel you forward. It could mean a, a brief moment where you've detoured, but you're still, you're still headed in the right direction. I love, I love that the three wise men, that, that, that Frank and Mark and Gord, they get, they get to... They get to this place. And they see Jesus and, 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 he, and he's with his mother. And, and immediately we're told that, that these magi, that these astrologers from the east. I love that we're told in scriptures that wise men come from the east. And I just, as you know, I was born in Ontario. And then I moved here. So just, just as an aside, in case you, okay? Some of you are just starting to get that. <laughs> Some of you get it and don't think it's funny, and that's okay too. Um, but this group of people, these, these three guys, that the moment that they encounter the promise, the moment that they get there, that they fall on their face, that they put their forehead flat against the ground, and they begin to worship. And they've all brought gifts. Gord brought gold, Frank brought frankincense, Mark brought myrrh, okay? And they've all brought these gifts. And some people read into the symbolism of those gifts. I don't know that that's necessarily, I don't know if that's necessarily it. it, it if, there's, if there's much to be read into that. As much as these gifts were a common, no, these were a common thing to, to bring to the recognition of, of a king. That in bringing these gifts, it signifies. In bringing these gifts, it, 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 makes, it makes clear that amongst the heart of these three Gentile men, that this promised Savior, now here with us, has been elevated to the place of ultimate authority in their lives. That you and I, we all have... Gifts, young and old. We all have gifts. And the best thing that we can do with those things is to lay those things at the feet of Jesus so that he can use them and he can use their existence through us for the establishment of his kingdom And for the enabling of us to move from here to there.
if we're going to get from here to there, we need to be looking. If we're going to get from here to there, we need to keep living. If we're going to get from here to there, we need to keep listening. Looking, living, and listening. Following this incredible moment, following this extraordinary event, our three friends are reminded that on their way home, that trustworthy man that they met named Herod <laughs> wants a full report of everything that was discovered. And don't fool yourself. Even though Herod has said that his desire would be to come and to worship this newborn king, he's lying. But you and I know that. This is what we read in Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way, because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Let's read that again. But when it was time to leave, everything had been done, gifts had been presented, foreheads removed from the floor, no food left. Maybe just the end pieces of the cake because everybody's counting calories. When it's time for these three magi, when it's time for these three Gentiles, when it's time for these three people who previously, up until now, have had really no direction, have had really no destiny, have had really no purpose, following this sequence of ordered, guided, and purposely directed events over a couple of years, God whispers in a dream to these three risk takers, and he warns them of the potential danger of going back the way that they came. I need you to know, friends, that we go from glory to glory, as the Bible says. That we go from here to there. Not to go back here, but to go to the next there. That the way forward is rarely backward. Do you hear me? That the way forward for you and I is rarely backward. But that regardless, because we're flesh, because we have the tendency, hopefully, to believe the best in others, because up until now we have reason to believe that these magi were deceived, that these astrologers, that these three Gentiles, that Mark, Gordon, and Frank had been somewhat duped by the king, by Herod, 
that God intervenes and says, hey, I know a better route for you to get back to the place that I have for you next. And it's not going to be through that place again, but rather I'm going to take you another way. Friends, if we're going to move from here to there, regardless to how old we are or regardless to how old we aren't, if we're going to move from here to there, we need to continue looking. We need to continue living. And we must continue listening to the still small voice from heaven that continues to guide and direct our path, that recalculates at every moment that we've made a wrong turn so that we can get to the place that he's determined for us. Individually and corporately as well too. I am so thankful to serve a God who loves us so much that he would take a portion of himself. Figure that out. That he would take a portion of himself, his one and only son. Man, it's starting to make even more sense to me over the last year or so. And that he would lay him before all who would choose to come and see. Before all who were looking, before all who were listening, he lays him in a feeding trough, the hope of the world. To redeem and to push forward his plan and his purpose that was previously undone in the garden in Genesis so many years prior. That Adam and Eve who were sent out from that very space. That Adam and Eve that were sent out from the very scene that is set in that mangerscape. Well now, shepherds and wise men. Now Jew and Gentile. You and I, and even Lee Fance, are now invited to come and to see Emmanuel, God with us. The soon needed sacrifice that would bring restoration and redemption to all who would choose. To accept his invitation. Invitations can come in many shapes and forms. But they do require you to respond. To move from here to there. And I want you to know Though you might enjoy where you are, that you might find comfort in where you are, that as we've talked about before, that there is more. And that there is a world, that there is a world that's around us, that is looking for all the answers. That there is a world around us, in far off lands, that are looking for answers 
in all of the different things and in all of the different spaces that the world might have to offer. But our story today highlights three individuals, three Gentiles that just happened to be looking up. Who in looking up came in that moment to the realization that there was a promise that was now coming to pass. And you and I, in looking and in living and intently listening, can ensure that we'll get from here to there too. That the goal would be that we bring as many people as we possibly can with us on that journey. Because everybody enjoys a road trip. It's way more fun with friends. I don't know if we're telling this story if it was just Frank. No disrespect here to anybody named Frank. But I wonder if it was just him if he would have got tired along the journey. I wonder if there was moments where Mark was strong. And in the middle of their wandering said, no guys, we can do this. We just got to keep going. Star's still there. You heard Herod. He said go to Bethlehem. I don't really know if I trust that guy. He seems kind of edgy, but, you know, I just, we got to keep going. I wonder if there was moments where all that faith in Mark had kind of been used up, and then Gord had to step up and say, hey, guys, listen, Mark, remember what you said about six months ago? <laughs> remember that, that speech that you gave us? And the, they say, I, yeah, the, we, we got to be closer. We got to be almost there. Man, it's so much better. So much easier, at times, <laughs> if we're doing this journey from here to there with other people around us. That we have a group that we're connected with. That we have a group of community, a group of people around us. Because the journey doesn't end here. We continue to look, and we continue to live, and we continue to listen. Because we know that there's more. And I need you to know, it's a real joy for my family to get the privilege of sharing this journey with you. Not just over the last year and some of that stuff that we went through, but this stuff. It's a joy that we get to do this together. So we look together, we keep living together, we keep listening together. But I need you to hear me, friends. There's far more than what it is that we've been settling for. Would you stand? That God is here. Emmanuel. God with us. That he doesn't just point us in a direction... And says, hey, eternity's just ahead. Can't miss it. Because <laughs> if it, I just tell you again, I'm pretty good at missing things that can't be missed. There's moments, pretty obvious clues, hints, oblivious. <laughs> you just keep going forward. You just be a good person. You just be a good person. You can't miss it. Hey, you just give to the hungry. 
Just give to the hungry. Can't miss it. Hey, you know what? You just, uh, you just make sure that you, you, you take care of, you know, uh, you can't miss it. Or you just make sure you get to church once a month. You can't miss it. Or you just make sure that you don't talk too much about other people when they're not in the room. You, you can't miss it. I want you to know, friends, that it's really easy for us to miss it, to miss the every, that it's not just coming down to a whole bunch of rules and legislation, but it really just comes down to a condition of our hearts where we continue to long for, that we continue to look, that we continue to live, that we continue to listen, recognizing, God, I know that you have more for me. I know that, Jesus, you are over everything and that you are for everyone. That there's moments where I don't know what's next. I don't know what to do at work right now. I don't know what school to choose. I don't know if this relationship is necessarily from you or not. I, I don't know what I should do with this news that I just got. I don't know what it is. I, I can't figure it out. I want you to know. You don't know right now how to get from here to there. I want you to keep looking. I want you to keep living. And I want you to keep listening. And believe me, you'll know. You'll know when you get there. You'll know when you get there. It'll be pretty obvious. Now, here's how we're going to finish this morning. We famously know these three individuals. Maybe you didn't know their names until this morning, so, you know, you're welcome for that. But Mark, Frank, and Gord, we, we know them for the gifts that they bring. We know them for the gold and the, and the frankincense and the myrrh that they brought. We know them for the gifts that they brought, that they presented in that place, that they presented to God, that they presented in recognition of who Jesus was. But there's more to them than just their gifts. And that's what I've tried to explain today. And I want you to know that there's more to you than just your gifts too. That there's more to you than just the gold that you bring. There's more to you than just the frankincense that you happen to have in your pocket. And if you're here this morning with a pocket full of frankincense, that's pretty cool. There's, there's, there's more to you than just those gifts that you bring. There, there, there's more to you guys than, than the, 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 some of the gifts that, that you have. You know, there, there's, there's more to all of us than the gifts that we bring. But the way to make most of those gifts is to lay them at the feet of the king. The way to make most of those gifts that God has imparted into you, the way to make most of your gold, the way to make most of your myrrh, the way to make most of your frankincense, the way to make most of the days that you have left, because there is still more theirs for you, is to take whatever it is that you have and just to lay it humbly at the feet of Jesus. To place it there so that you too could be used in incredible ways beyond your own capacity to help others that are looking. Perhaps now in all the wrong places, but soon enough, in the right ones. Our team's going to play for just a moment or two. And right now, if you feel comfortable, and, and maybe even if you don't, because it might be good just to stretch you a little bit. Who said you had to come to church and feel comfortable all the time? Would you close your eyes right now? Close your eyes right now. And, and this is going to get real weird. I want you to hold your hands out like this. Okay? Just hold your hands out like this. You say, oh, what are you doing? This is so strange. Like, this is so weird. Like, you just, I don't want to come to the church. You're going to make me do stuff. So hold your hands out like this. 
Because I just believe for the next few moments, I think God wants to reveal to you gifts that he's put in you. And so I want you to just kind of, it's just symbolic, okay? Don't, I don't do this all the time, okay? So don't. But I want you to, I want you to just hold it out. Like, I think God's just going to reveal to you just some of the gifts that he's put in you. Maybe you're, you're hospitable. Or maybe like you just, there's, there's a gift of kindness. Or there's a gift of, 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 of generosity or, or whatever. But here's the great thing. Here's the great thing about holding like this sort of posture is that we don't, we don't possess them. Okay, we don't, it's not, it's mine. God, put in my hands whatever you want to put in my hands. Remind me of the things that you've, that you've placed on me. But my hands are open so that you can take from me whatever you want because I want to be used by you. Come on, just for a few moments here, if you'd feel so comfortable. And even if you wouldn't. God, what, what, just right now, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you just come, God, would you just come right now and just remind us of the ways that you've gifted us? That I haven't hit my expiration date. That I'm not done. I'm still here. And you're here. I'm here. And I want to go from here to there. What do you have next for me, Jesus? I open up my heart to you, Lord Jesus. I, whatever it is, remind me of the gifts. Remind me of the gifts. Remind me of the gifts. I'm, I'm pretty patient. That's, you know, that's a great one. I'm pretty good with, with people. That's good. That's good. Be reminded of the gifts. You got something? I'm sure. Each of you have a frankincense. Each of you have a myrrh. Each of you have a something that somebody has regarded you for. And now before Pastor Kim comes to close and just bring a conclusion to this morning, that gift that you've been reminded of, Let's just place it at his feet. Here you go, Jesus. Use me. Use me, however you see fit. In all the looking, and in all the living, in all the listening that you have for me and that you have for those around me. Use me. Use my gift. Lead me. Guide me. Direct me. You are the God of order. All things held together. Rank after rank after rank after rank. From the beginning of time to this moment right now, you are over everything, Jesus, and you are for everyone. So use me and whatever it is I've got in this box.